As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I, of course, uh, was being a manly man on vacation, went to Montana, went fly fishing, where uh, we floated down the Wise River on rafts, had a guide there. My guide, Kelly, kept telling us about he encounters bears, all kinds of wildlife. He would have uh, elk, uh, you know, the wolves. There were a lot of things involved there in, uh, in Montana. And uh, I, I probably misspoke yesterday where I was giving some of the advice that my guide gave me if we encounter a bear. And uh, we were going to have on a uh, wildlife expert. Is, uh, is Dr. Tom Smith there with us, Todd? He is not with us just yet. Okay. All right. Well, he could be doing wildlife thing, but we thought we would have somebody there. And uh, see, the, the, the wolves kind of concerned me. When a woman who was there in Montana, she drove me to the airport and uh, she told me about these wolves that were really, uh, you know, there, there was quite a few of them and they had a lot of uh, courage there. You know, they had no problem going up on the front porch and grabbing her dog. They eventually got the dog back, but, you know, it was like, okay, this is getting a little, uh, little nervous here. Wolves are awesome, though. They're like truly like majestic creatures. If you watch just about like the way that they live as a yeah. as a pack, I don't know, I guess or whatever, they're tremendous. Yes, Todd. The professor is with us. All right, Dr. Tom Smith, BYU professor of wildlife sciences. Uh, Doc, thank you for uh, helping us. Uh, I, I may have misspoke yesterday of what you do when you encounter a bear. So if you could give us sort of what the philosophy is and maybe yeah. how it's changed over the years of what you do when you encounter a bear. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me. My pleasure. Um, well, the main thing I like to emphasize to people is, number one, and this pre- this is before any of the advice on how to deal with a bear one-on-one is you really have no business in bear country without some way of dealing with them. 
meaning that you need to have bear spray or a firearm or some kind of deterrent because if you have a bear that's determined to cause you harm you you've got to be able to tell it no just uh one-on-one -on -one, that's not going to happen so when we see the kind of desperate things people do such as run from bears climb trees or even lay down and play dead that's almost always because they don't have any option for dealing with the bear other than that okay so so number one i, I wouldn't go in bear country I've, I've been in there for 30 some years i've dealt with thousands of bears i just don't give that option up to bears that if one of them gets menacingly aggressive i've got to be able to stop it so that's number one number two uh the simplest thing you can do which is without any deterrence just in, in the case you don't have them is hike with buddies so like two or more people yellowstone park says at least three my data from north america say you're pretty safe with two but but that certainly. means you just have to be able to outrun one of the two other guys with you is what you're saying doc that like that or use your or use your underpowered gun to shoot one of them in the leg in that one. Okay, but I was fishing in Montana, and they have yeah, bears there. So, they do. Yeah, so um, if I encountered a brown bear or a black bear, is there a yeah. difference in what I'm supposed to do? Well, certainly. Um, so let's say after all you've done, you, you're with your friends, you're fishing along a river, but you're scattered out a little bit. Um, and all of a sudden here comes a brown bear or a black bear. Number one thing, again, is to ready your deterrent, get your bear spray off your hip, and then I would start backing away from the bear, get away from it, uh, give it some space. In many, many instances, the bear's just trying to go somewhere and you're in its way. So get out of its way and then continue to move. Don't run, but don't just stand there. And the reason why I say never stand there is because let's say on another occasion, you, you're around a corner, you get your rod out, you're fly fishing. Uh, you don't know that there's not a bison carcass in that creek and the bear's on it. You don't know that there's not two cubs hiding up in the brush. You standing there saying, hey, bear, hey, bear, don't hurt me or something like that. That that just aggravates it. You need to get away from it. So so get away from the bear, but do it in a, in a determined manner but not with speed which one and, climbs a tree doc well i'll tell you what i've seen brown bears up to 30 40 feet in a tree <laughs> so so that strategy is a really bad one i, I looked at yeah, yeah i looked at uh, about 150 tree climbers and we can lay it to rest that uh, trying to out climb olympic tree climbers is probably a bad strategy for you and your waiters with a fishing rod can i yell at them Oh, you certainly can, and that will most times precipitate a charge and then an attack, so can I, I wouldn't do that. Can I? Oh, no, that they will attack me if I yell at them? Yeah, that, that sort of oh. uh, sharp uh, startle can, can trigger a, a, that kind of response. Right? I had, they, a, I had yeah. an experience with the Komodi bear. Are you familiar with yeah, the, of the, the spirit yeah. bear? Yes. And he was about uh, 10 to 15 feet away from me accidentally. Yeah. But he was interested in the salmon that were spawning. I was in mm -hmm. British Columbia, and yeah. he just looked at me. Now, if, yeah. he, if he wanted to kill me, he could have. But he just looked, and he, I think he was curious. But he, And he might have recognized me as being on TV and uh, you know, being in Adam Sandler movies, Doc. But he decided he was going to go eat the salmon. So he didn't care. He had other things on his mind. I think I think something about this is important and people have a hard time wrapping their mind around it. 
Um, animals like bears, and you were talking about wolves earlier, they're real narrow in their focus on what they eat, and humans typically are not part of that. So they see you and they're kind of surprised and they're trying to size things up. But that's a good time just to, to move on. Back to your question on black and brown. So a black bear should never approach you. Um, and when you, you know, show some aggressive behavior to it, hopefully with some friends, it should run. If it doesn't run, now you've got a problem. You need to, you need to, should, I, should I say you've got a problem? What, what is the most dangerous experience you've ever encountered? Uh, sitting in a helicopter with two tranquilized bears that were waking up and, <laughs> and the pilot couldn't find a place to land. And I said, I said to him, these two are going parachuting with no parachute in about one minute because they were coming out of the drug. So that was not cool. <laughs> also, one, one other one, I chased a bear into the woods. I, I don't know. I was junior team member and they said, go after that one. It was a young bear. And I went after it and it was probably three or 400 pounds. And when I got in there, I realized, you know, that's 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 really still a very big animal. So that was a stupid thing to do. I don't know what they thought I was going to do is run it back to them. They had guns. They were going to tranquilize. It, but, huh. you know, I won't do that again. Uh, well, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for, yeah. Yeah, thanks for uh, enlightening yeah. us on what to do when we encounter a bear. You know, next time that I encounter a bear, maybe I'll just call you when I've encountered the bear. And then you could probably, you know, help me put it on speakerphone and then uh, you, you could guide me to safety. My line's always open or else the backup is I'll read about you in the oh, newspaper. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate put it, that. Put it in the database. <laughs> yes, all, right. all right. Maybe you could speak, uh, you know, uh, at my funeral. Uh, that <laughs> is uh, Dr. Tom Smith, BYU professor of wildlife sciences. Thank you, Doc. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
sports, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Uh, Harold Reynolds joining us, our good buddy, MLB Network analyst. Uh, MLB Network's live all-star coverage from Seattle gets underway at 2 Eastern today. A red carpet show followed by intentional talk MLB tonight uh, from batting practice. Harold joins us now in the program. Okay. We were talking about what's more impressive, winning the slam dunk contest or home run derby. What would you? Well, first of all, Tyreek Hill, with an alligator's after him, (laughs) we're going to see really how fast he is. (laughs) Uh, No doubt. Okay, so what's more impressive, winning slam dunk or home run derby? Well, if if you're Spud Webb or somebody like that, I'm going with the dunk. Depends on the size. I mean, really, the big guys are going to hit home runs. The little guy dunking like that, that's the most impressive. Well, but a little guy hitting a home run as well. Like, what's more? Look, how many home runs did you hit in your life? 21. 21. Okay. That's impressive. But I could dunk a lot. Oh, okay. All right. So what was more impressive, dunking or hitting a home run? I would say Duncan. Okay. Depends on the style. I mean, just getting over the rim, yeah, but if you could get up and get behind it, yeah, that was impressive. Best pitcher you homered off of? Ooh. um, I don't know. Kevin Brown, maybe? Okay. He was throwing the sinker, didn't sink, and then you took him deep? Smoked it. (laughs) (laughs) Of Of course you did. I hope my voice is hanging in there. Yeah, man. what's, what's going on with the, the voice there? Were you were you yelling last night? I've been running since I got to Seattle. Okay. Been crazy. And then obviously, you know, I picked Julio in the home run derby. I had to front run. Yeah. You know, so I've been front running all over the place. Um, no, it's been good. Been a good time. Really busy. I had somebody ask me this question recently, and I had an answer, and then I kept thinking if I had the right answer. What's more impressive? What Bo Jackson did as an athlete or what Shohei Otani is doing as a baseball player? Wow. Um, these are tough ones. I don't think we'll ever, ever, ever see either one ever again. We just won't. Not to the level that they're doing it at. But Otani sure is going to catch on, Harold. There, there's going to be players who are no going to want to do both. If you're getting $60 million a year and you're, I mean, yeah. these guys they can do it. Yeah. But it was funny. I was on the set yesterday with Albert Pujols and Pedro Martinez. 
And we were talking about this topic, not Bo Jackson involved, but about Shohei Otani. And Pedro put his arm around Albert and he said, basically what you're seeing is both of us in one person. <laughs> yeah. And we looked at the numbers of what he's done the first half. He's on pace for a 50 homer season. And his ERA is going to be like Pedro. It's crazy. Never see it again. No way. Guys will try it. They'll never do it at this level. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever do it at this We're level. not going to see Bo Jackson again. No. No. We won't. Um, yeah, we won't see those two things. And it's amazing we were able to do it. Yeah. But we won't. We won't see it again. We're talking to Harold Reynolds, MLB Network analyst. All right. I'm going to ask you what I asked Jeff Passan of ESPN yesterday. You are Artie Moreno. You own the Angels. You've wow. lost 9 of 10. What do you do with Shohei Otani at the All-Star break? Or at the trade deadline? I, I think you got – I was going to move him last year, you know? Okay. I just think he is your Herschel Walker trade. Changes the whole franchise. Hard to do. People are going to talk about it, but you got to go down to one thing. Do you feel like he's going to re-sign with you? If you're going to re-sign him, great. I just don't think he's going back. And so that's a big gamble. You had to have already had these conversations. You you know it's going to cost you two players salaries of a Pedro and an Albert in current money. Yep. We're talking five to $700 million. Are you going to pay it? Because you're going to get it back, marketing this guy. You're going to make a billion dollars in a blink. So are you going to pay it? And that's what it comes down to. It's not, do we like him? Do we want him back? Uh, uh, it's not all that. It's, are you going to pay the freight? And it's really, one, you sit down, you have a conversation, you make the offer. If he's not going to do it, you got to move him. Yeah, but like, what, uh, what's the better avenue to win? Because that's what you owe to your franchise. It's just like Portland, Portland with Dame Lillard. You owe it to your fan base to improve your team, and you needed to trade Dame Lillard to improve your team. The Angels and Artie Moreno, you need to decide, can we win with him, or do we have a better chance to win without him? Well, that's the uniqueness of baseball. You know, if you trade Lillard from the Blazers, right, one guy can really change your basketball franchise. Yeah. Baseball, you have to have – Three, you have to have two number ones for sure, and you got to have a lineup. So Shohei is pitching. If you decide you're going to keep him, then you got to go get that other aircraft carrier or two to get you through to win the whole thing. Yeah, we already so, had Trout there. <clears throat> yeah, but Trout doesn't pitch. I, yeah, you know. Okay, would you trade Trout instead of Shohei Otani? At this point in time, I mean, if you're again, are you going to sign Shohei? What if I trade Mike Trout, thinking, "Hey, I made a nice move," and you get you're going to get a lot back from Mike as well? But then Shohei says, "You know what? I think I'm going to be a Dodger." What now? Well, no, I wouldn't. Well, I, I saw where Alex Rodriguez said he would trade both of them. He'd trade Trout and Shohei Otani. Well. I mean, then you got to start all the way over. I, I know. know I know. You got to keep one of them. 
Uh, what was it like seeing Ken Griffey Jr. there back in Seattle? You know what? We had a blast. He came on yesterday. I've never seen him as engaged as he was. I mean, he did the HBCU game on Friday. Fantastic. Great event. He was engaged. And yesterday he joined Albert, Pedro, myself, and Greg Amsinger. And so we're talking about home run derby yesterday, right? And in the WBC, Mookie Betts and Trout were like, what you, what's the hitting coach walking around with a glove for? Where's your bat? He goes, I didn't bring my bat. And they're like, yeah, because you can't hit a home run no more. Oh, yeah. So he's like, okay. He said, and this one got funny, Dan. He goes, all right. So I called my wife, Melissa, and said, hey, bring Lucille to the ballpark. His bat. <laughs> we died. <laughs> Lucille. And so. what Was that B.B. King's guitar? Uh, yeah, wasn't that his guitar? Yeah, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on and says, so Mookie says, you can't do it in 10 swings. He says, yeah, I can. So he does it in nine. All right. And so Trout and him are like talking to Junior, and he goes, you know that thing's on autopilot, man. That bat knows where to go. He goes, there was many nights I just walked to the plate and Lucille knew what to do. I mean, he was talking so much smack, it was funny. I wonder if he didn't get hurt. I know it's part of the game, but <clears throat> yeah, like how many home runs would, would Junior have hit? I think he's close to 800. I mean, if you do the numbers, he was hitting 50 a year. Easy. And he was in his prime. I mean, really in his prime. He just turned 30. And he was already hitting 50 a year for like three years or two years or something like that. He'd have run off another three or four, at least 40-some. Yeah, Paulie. Uh, Griffey's last three years in Seattle, 56 homers, 56 homers, 48 homers. And, yeah. and nobody would have questioned those home runs either. He no, yeah, no. because he's not in. He he was never. There was never any inkling that Junior no. used performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah, he got out. Um, All star game coming up tonight. Festivities. What's what's the red carpet show? Who's going to be on the red carpet? Uh, Greg Amsinger, myself, will host. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, Greg broke out shorts. Thinking his legs look good. Mm. You know, and then all the players come through. It's a fun time. Uh, we talk about the fashion. Tell you what, baseball players, you know, I think Manny Machado started it about three or four years ago with a jacket and no no shirt on underneath. <laughs> you know, so Mookie Betts has the big hat. And all of a sudden it changed the whole fashion trend. It was cool, man. So we'll cover that. Uh then all the pregame and postgame, all that on the network. Obviously, the game's on Fox. So it'll be a good time. Good to talk to you, as always. Uh, get a nap. Rest the voice there for tonight. I'll be ready. All right. Thank you, bud. Harold Appreciate Reynolds, it. he hit 21 home runs in the show. MLB Network Analyst. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you 
listen, picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist since uh, 2003, New York Times bestselling author, joins us on the program. You've been uh, writing about the situation at Northwestern. What issues do you have with this story? Uh, I guess my biggest, if you want to call it an issue, is we just don't really know the, the full scope of what happened. Uh, Northwestern did this seven month investigation. You know, they get, they get the whistleblower complaint last November, they hire an outside law firm. They spend, you know, about seven months on this interview, 50 plus people go through all the texts, emails, they're doing player surveys through the years. Um, sounds very comprehensive, uh, for, for what was going on in the culture of the locker room. And then. As a private institution, they don't have to release this document, this investigation, the way you would if you were a public school and this was a public document. So they release an executive summary that has zero details into what actually happened and uh, let alone kind of the context and the perspectives and things like that. And 
so, you know, no one really knows what the situation was. They suspend, um, the president suspends Pat Fitzgerald on Friday, says, okay, I've read, he's obviously read this whole thing, and says two-week suspension. Um, I thought that was very naive not to release this, the whole thing for everyone to see and get out in front of this story. And then the story comes out in the student newspaper and on ESPN that the the original complainant is telling his his uh, side of the story, which could be 100% accurate and all of that, but we don't have any of the other perspective of the other 50 plus people that shaped the original decision. And once the, the details of the complainant come out, all of a sudden, three days later, Pat Fitzgerald's fired. And so um, I think the rest of us are left to say, I don't truly know. We can assume the worst. We can assume this or that. But we don't really know what happened and why on Friday was it good enough for West for I'm sorry, for Northwestern to say um, you're suspended for two weeks. And then on Monday, you're fired, you know, you're fired, you're done, get out of here. Um, that's a dramatic switch in three days when no real new information had come out. And that's where I started to go, okay, let me look at the timeline here. Usually Friday news dump. Uh, here we are in July. And it almost felt like, hey, can we sneak this one by the goalie here? And uh, he's uh, been suspended for two weeks. It felt like once we knew he was suspended for two weeks, then our curiosity was, well, wait a minute. What gets you suspended for two weeks in July and not maybe a couple of games? Or how serious is this? Because nothing changed from Friday to Monday except for Pat Fitzgerald got fired. Well, yeah, that and and some of the details started coming out. And that's why I think Northwestern, I'm not here to say Pat Fitzgerald should should or should not have his job or they acted in the wrong. Maybe they should have fired him on Friday and they made a mistake then and they corrected on Monday. I don't know. All I'm just looking at it from afar. We don't know all the details. There is a big report. There is a thorough investigation. Yeah. And they sat there and said, okay, let's give them two weeks off in the middle of summer where nothing is happening at Northwestern. Um, if you're going to suspend someone for two weeks, these are the two weeks to do it. That literally no impact on anything. There's barely any recruiting going on. Uh, you know, go to your lake house, come back in two weeks. We're going to implement this stuff. We will, we will root out the culture. That's a problem. So they were all in agreement on Friday and then the details come out what they should have done, uh, right or wrong. What it, if it led to this or not is release the entire report allow all of the context and perspective to come out. I'm not saying any, uh, again, the complainant could be 100% accurate and what is described is um, is troubling and ridiculous and all of those things. But many times with this stuff, you want the full perspective. This, this was a court, this is a, this is a court case. It's not a criminal court case. It's not a civil court case, but it's in the court of public opinion. Why are we keeping our coach? Why are we firing our coach? What you don't do if you're the school or a defense attorney is ever just let the witness, uh, the complainant get up and tell his story and then say, we have no questions. We have no opening statement. We have no uh, rebuttal. We have no witnesses, nothing. We're just going to sit here. Um, and that's what Northwestern kind of seeded the, 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 the narrative in the court of public opinion. And then when it started to shift, perhaps rightfully, yeah. um, they can't, they all of a sudden change their mind and go to the drastic step of firing. So, I thought the whole I don't know that the result is wrong. I just know the the the, the way they got to it 
is is highly questionable and was botched. And so maybe, again, they should have fired him on Friday. Why did the president not fire him on Friday and then on Mondays to say, oh, my, I'm just so troubled by this. He, this guy has to go. Instead of saying, look, he, you know, what, whatever justification they came up with on Friday, I assume it's he's been here 17 years. He he you know, we can we can stop we can stop hazing very quickly. This isn't something that's like impossible to stop. We can, you know, you can stop it right away. It'll never happen on the 2023 team. Uh, instead, it's just like he's got to go. So really awkward, clumsy effort uh, on how they got to this. Maybe it's the right decision. Maybe it's the wrong one. I just I, neither I nor pretty much anyone other than the president of Northwestern has any idea about the full context of the story. Yeah. And the cynic in me, if he's 11 and one last year, not one and 11, uh, he's not as vulnerable, it feels like. Also, did coaches know about this? Assistant coaches, the new head coach, the interim head coach, players, seniors, ju- you know, juniors, were they culpable in this? Uh, you know, is there sexual assault that's in here? Uh, did they violate Northwestern's code of conduct? I mean, there's a lot to unravel here other than it felt like, hey, two weeks, let's move on. Uh, fire the coach, let's move on. It just feels like this is a ball of yarn, uh, Dan, that is just going to keep on unraveling here and might get even uglier. Until you release the full report, it's going to keep dripping out. That was extremely naive by Northwestern to assume to just say, hey, guys. And and look, when when you suspend someone like Pat Fitzgerald on a Friday in the summer, on the week of July 4th, it's a news dump to try to hide the story, right? Yeah. It's such an obvious news dump that it becomes the story. <laughs> it becomes obvious. <laughs> Nobody is getting fooled. Yeah. Like, wait, Pat Fitzgerald is getting suspended? <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, we just we just spin it. Don't worry. Uh, just <laughs> calm down. Let everyone enjoy their weekend. Cook some hamburgers and we'll be fine. No, everyone's going to go, wait a minute. And, and the naivete of thinking the complainant, who is not bound by any confidentiality, is going to just sit there and say, okay, I'm good with this. I definitely will not talk to the media about what I right? so this this complainant saying I didn't get what I wanted out of this so I'm going to ramp it up and I'm going to tell the, the my my story was not told in this executive summary it just said there was some things and well uh, you know we'll just move on he's saying hey heck no I'm going to tell my story and good for him he has that right what he went through the story he told and what he went through he deserves to to tell his story so he goes out and tells it and now all right we got to go yeah and then you sit there and say, well, they've won four games in two years. But then on the other side, they're trying to raise money for a new $800 million football stadium. And Pat Fitzgerald is extremely popular and connected with them. So how much did all of these things, did that play in on Friday? We can't fire this guy. We we got to build this stadium. Um, or was it now? Well, he wasn't winning anyway. Nobody knows anything. And everyone's now curious. America loves a mystery. And Northwestern created a mystery on something that perhaps was a simple solution or perhaps not. But eventually this this report has to come out because perhaps there is context. Perhaps there is other witnesses. Perhaps it gets worse. I don't know. I don't know what's in the report. Maybe it looks even worse and you go, how the heck did you not fire him on Friday? Or maybe you read it and go, yeah, maybe you give the guy another chance. Northwestern trying to hide by this has done no good on a story that it. I, I agree is a, yarn, a ball of yarn that's going to keep going. Good to talk to you as always, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you soon. That's Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports National columnist and New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, I think the school paper 
played a role in this and exposing this and going in and, and be willing to find out something that could be ugly, that could uh, reflect poorly on your university. And not all journalists will do that. Sometimes, you know, you, the older you get, you get uh, friendlier with somebody, the coach or the athletic director. And, uh, you know, this is Northwestern. This isn't the SEC. Well, this is this is Northwestern, and they've struggled here the last couple of years. And I think going one and eleven made him very vulnerable. If you're eleven and one, not as vulnerable, even though you could be guilty of the same things. All right, uh, we'll get to phone calls coming up. We'll talk some uh, football with Albert Breer. He has ranked all of the uh, college quarterbacks who are eligible for the draft, led by Caleb Williams. You know, we have this every year where we anoint a quarterback. Like, that guy can't miss. And then they play one more year. And then they suddenly can miss. You know, you can look at Matt Leinart. You could look at uh, Christian Hackenberg. That was his freshman year. So he didn't have just one more year. Like, if he was a freshman and he was eligible, they kept saying he'd be the number one overall pick. Uh, Josh Rosen. You know, these guys who maybe stay one more year, like you get a glimpse of them, and you're like, oh, my God, that guy's unbelievable. And then all of a sudden you go, eh, maybe not as unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, you know, like Matt Barkley, you're like, oh, my God, that guy, he, Sam Darnold, that guy is going to be great. And then I was, oh, no, you know, he's got kind of a loop in his delivery there. This is what happens because now we get to pick. Now you get analyzed. Now you're under the microscope. Yes, Eden. Caleb Williams getting high praise from people. Oh, crazy. High praise. Crazy praise. Yes, Marv. So Mark Sanchez did the right thing by leaving after his junior year. <laughs> Probably so. Even though Pete Carroll was trying to throw himself in front of the door. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, maybe Mark wasn't ready, but in his mind he was ready. And he was ready to get paid. What was he, the fifth pick overall? Mm. So, okay, I might not be ready, but I'm ready to get paid. All right, so we'll uh, talk to Albert Breer about uh, these quarterbacks. And also, Dalvin Cook, kind of quiet. DeAndre Hopkins, kind of quiet. And it feels like that might be training camp situations where you're waiting for somebody, like the Jets with Brees Hall, him coming back. I wondered about the Cowboys with Tony Pollard and how healthy he's going to be. Could you give them a little bit more time to get ready? But Dalvin Cook is going to cost you. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, do you want him? Gosh, if I'm the Patriots, I sign both of them. Like this, it's such a faceless franchise. At least I can get a couple of guys who are proven. I, you know, there's name recognition. Yes, Marv. Yeah, the Patriots, I think they have either week two or three of Sunday Night Football. And when I saw the schedule, I was like, ew. <laughs> yeah, like in Foxborough. Wait, like, did you actually say, ooh? I said, ew. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, Giants, uh, Cowboys, week one. I was like, okay. Yeah, all right, let's go. All right, get up. Patriots and who? I don't even know. It didn't even uh, matter uh, who it was. It was uh, just, ew. Like, that's who it is? Let's take a break. I think here. it's Cardinals, Patriots. Let's. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we'll uh, take a break. Back. What, Paulie? Eagles at Patriots? In the words of Jim Beheim. 
We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. He is the Monday Morning Quarterback, and he's look at look at the paperwork here. I got on all of these quarterbacks here. Man, this is a deep dive. I mean, he even went to uh, Devin Leary at Kentucky and Washington State's Cameron Ward, uh, Deion Sanders' son. There's a lot of quarterbacks, but we start with uh, Caleb Williams at the top. Are there any negatives with Caleb Williams? It's hard to find one, Dan. I mean, we're really at the point now where it feels like this is encroaching on that Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence category. And I, you know, I, I've been covering the league for almost 20 years. And I, I think over my lifetime, there are four guys that are sort of in a different category from a prospect standpoint at that position. John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. That doesn't, again, doesn't mean anything as far as what they became in the league, but just how they were seen coming out of college. And I think the lack of flaws with Caleb Williams, and of course we're going to pick him apart, and he's going to have all the pressure on him this fall because of that. 
Um, but just as far as where they are, you know, going into their last year and then where they should be coming out of their last year in college, that's where Caleb Williams is. And Drake May is really well thought of too, but everybody I've talked to said there is a gap. You know, it's Caleb Williams one, gap, Drake May two, gap, and then the pack. And so Caleb Williams is seen that way as the sort of generational prospect that Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck were over the last 15 years. Uh, you are joining us. You're on vacation, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. But I'm looking in the background there. You got the water, the t- and, yeah. and, and there's some there's some kids there. Are those your kids? So my daughter's right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just she's right there. I, I wasn't and sure. My, uh, and my kid, my my, I think my, uh, I think my my son's trying to make air by driving as fast as he can by the shot on his bike. Yeah, I just so, saw yeah. him. I saw him zoom zoom uh, by you there. But that picture is real. The water is real behind you there. Water is real. Yeah, the boats are real. All of it. Todd okay. actually it was Todd hooked me up here, and uh, we actually had a less scenic shot. And then I said, "Well, hey, how about this?" So this was this was actually his choice, not I, mine. I like it. I like Just so it. You know, I'm not test counting or anything else because for everybody who's out there thinking I'm bragging, my summer is officially over in about a week. So I'm just getting what I can get while I can get it. Uh, Give me some other names that we should keep an eye on this upcoming season that yes, Caleb Williams is one Drake may would be two. And then who's going to be that third quarterback off the board. Sure. Like one name that kind of kept coming up when I talked to more people was Bo Nix at Oregon, who, you know, I think was seen as a very flawed player playing in a flawed offense at Auburn. And I think he opened a lot of eyes Mm. with what he did last year at Oregon. And being able to do that again, even though he lost his offensive coordinator, and even though he lost some offensive linemen in his sixth year in college this year, I think could get him in the first-round discussion. And I think he's a little closer to that than some of the other guys. Now, there are guys that I think have more talent than him, and two of them would be Quinn Ewers at Texas and J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, where those guys have – talent to potentially go in the first round the question is are they going to develop like they need to develop like they aren't finished products yet um you know when i trent dilfer who you know like and as you know sees all these kids from high school on up and has seen a lot of these guys through the elite 11 program since they were teenagers said quinn ewers has like a jeff george arm right and i think when you watch texas on saturdays you can see that so but yours is still pretty raw so playing another year for Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, does he get there where he's the third quarterback off the board? J.J. McCarthy's another one where he was up and down at points last year, but he won his first 12 starts at Michigan. So is he in the conversation? So I, I think those three names, Knicks, McCarthy, yours, would be in the conversation. Jordan Travis at Florida State's another one. And I think that's what's so intriguing about this year's class. Is you've got a clear one, you've got a clear two, and then you've got like this clump of players where there's real talent and they're going to kind of duke it out for draft position over the course of the next six months. I talked to a talent evaluator. This is after the end of last season. And he said he would lump in Michael Penix at Washington yeah. and, and put yeah. him in there. Of And I think he's been around maybe five years. He transferred from Indiana, but I think six. I think six years. Six. <laughs> and that's the COVID thing though. Like that's what, that's yeah. what happens. Like Gordon Travis is, well, I, I said I think Nick's is five years, okay. Um, but Jordan Travis is six years, right? And Penix is six years, and that's like the COVID effect. Is the guy's got the extra years of eligibility, and Penix is interesting because I think he's got some physical ability, but it's sort of like Nick's a little bit, and that like a lot of people didn't like his Indiana tape, and then he went to play for Kalen DeBoer at Washington, and I think there's that thing, you know, like the, the that you hear sometimes: is it the offense or is it the quarterback? And 
Bo Nix is going to have the opportunity to answer those questions this year at Oregon because he's losing his offensive coordinator who went to Arizona State to be the head coach. You know, the question is with Penix, I think it's going to be a little bit more of can he dispel all the questions that he had hanging over him at Indiana playing in a little bit of a different type of offense at Washington. But there is some talent there, and, uh, yeah, he'd be another one. I should have thrown him in the mix. But that sort of tells you how big the group is, too, is that there's a half dozen guys who I think have an opportunity to maybe play their play their way into the first-round discussion, or at the very least into, like, the top 100 discussion. What about Deion Sanders' son? Yeah, so he's interesting because, you know, he was a dominant player at Jackson State, and now what we're seeing more with these guys is they have the opportunity to transfer up. And so, you know, now you're going to get to see him in the Pac-12 playing at Colorado. Um, and, you know, the word that came up with Dion's kid was the same word that came up with Drake May, which was smooth. Like, he looks really natural playing the position. And now playing against better competition at Colorado – we should get a, a look at how he looks when everybody else has got the same level of ability that he does. Because remember, he was a guy who, coming out of high school, had the opportunity to play at that level but wanted to play for his dad. And so we haven't seen him in the context of, like, the FBS, like, Power 5 level. And now we're going to get the chance to see him do that at Colorado. And we're gonna, and, and the cool thing about it is we're going to get to see him do it at Colorado where in a lot of games they're going to be at a talent deficit. So NFL evaluators are going to get the chance to look at him and see what it's like when he doesn't have a talent advantage going against the other team. Albert Breer joining us from vacation. He's the Monday morning quarterback. Uh, NFL free agent updates. Anything? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I assume you're talking about the big two, which we've all been obsessing over over the last month because there's not a whole lot else to talk about. But DeAndre Hopkins and, and Dalvin Cook would be the two. Um, you know, I think both their situations are somewhat similar in that the money hasn't been what they wanted it to be. And I think the hope is as you get closer to training camp, maybe a contender like looks at its roster in their pre-camp meetings and says, you know, we need to add a body there. Or somebody has an injury earlier in camp and they decide that they need to act with some urgency and up the ante a little bit. Um, you know, obviously with Hop, like the teams have been Tennessee and New England, and those teams haven't been willing to go to the financial point that he wants somebody to go to to get him. Um, now, I think he'd be willing to go at a little bit of a discount to a Buffalo or a Kansas City but that ship sort of sailed going back to the draft when, you know, the Odell Beckham deal got done and that sort of poisoned the well on the negotiations with Hopkins with those two teams. So, like, for example, Kansas City is in a situation where they gave the money they were going to give to Hopkins to Donovan Smith, the their new left tackle. And so they decided we still need a body at receiver. They draft Rashi Rice in the second round out of SMU. So, like, coming out of spring now, do they look at it when they have their meetings before camp and say – we don't want to rely as much on Rice as a rookie, so we need to go and get a, a DeAndre Hopkins. And, oh, by the way, if we get a deal done with Chris Jones, that's going to free up some cap space for us to do it. So I think the Chiefs would be a contender to get back in there. Mm. Um, Buffalo, I think just because of the Stephon Diggs situation, I think they'd be a no. Um, they were cognizant of that even before everything kind of blew up in June, um, that like they really had to be cognizant of where the ball was going and that Steph needed a certain amount of touches. And Hopkins is sort of a volume player, so I don't think that they'll get back in it. Um, you know, and then with Cook, I, I still think the team to watch with him is the with him is the Jets. Um, you know, like I I I know he's got an interest in them. And, you know, looking at where they are from a roster standpoint, you know. Bringing um, bringing Brees Hall back from injury and 
having the opportunity to be a little flexible as far as giving him his time to come back from his ACL and maybe getting him in a better place in October rather than rushing him back in September and still, you know, doing your best to act with urgency to win the games in September because you are in a win-now situation with Aaron Rodgers would make all the sense in the world. So I think the Jets would be the team to watch with Cook. You know, we'll see what happens as we get closer to the camp with both those guys if more contenders throw their hats in the ring. And I know that was a complicated answer, but I'm trying to recap the last three months with both those guys for Yeah, you. and I agree with you on Dalvin Cook with the Jets. Uh, and I thought about Dalvin Cook with the Cowboys with Tony Pollard coming back from yeah. a broken leg that – you know, the Jets are in an all, you know, a win now mode. The Cowboys are always in that. And I just think, you know, the the contributions of both of those running backs that you give them a little extra time instead of kind of you know, expediting their uh, rehab process and bringing those guys in. But I don't know what happens when they get healthy. And now you got your sharing, you know, touches and how that works yeah. there. But it feels like Dalvin... Yeah, I yeah, I mean, Dan, I think with the Jets, it's like every game counts now. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. that it doesn't for other teams, but like if you're the Jets, it's like, no, we're in it for now. Like, we're in it for now. We don't know what 2024 is going to look like, what 2025 is going to look like. You know, and I think if you talk to like Buccaneers people, they would tell you we were all in for every game and it it was the right thing to do because we competed for championships for three years and we won one, right? And that's sort of where the Jets are right now. So you can't throw away week one or week two to be judicious with a single player. So if you want to still be judicious with that single player, how do you make it work? Well, you get somebody to replace them for those two weeks, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's why that sets up as sort of a perfect situation if they could work the numbers out. And again, like both these guys – Money's a factor with both of them. Like, those guys aren't going to go take the league minimum to chase a ring. Uh, before I let you go and you uh, end your reign as the worst dad ever as you're doing a, <laughs> a live report while your kids are riding your bikes near the beach there, um, I wondered about this with Greg Popovich. He signed a five-year deal after they get Victor Wambayama in San Antonio. I'm wondering if there's a quarterback that will keep Belichick. Let, let's say he got Drake May or Caleb Williams. Is there a player that would keep him in that job, almost energize him sort of the way Victor Wambayama has done Greg Popovich? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I I don't know, because I do think that the Shula record is sort of looming over all of this. Yeah. And I, I believe he's 19 wins away, which puts you like borderline, you know, like based on the team they have it like, it's a toss-up. Does he make it there by the end of 2024? And, like, I, everybody I know that knows Bill really well says, like, his juice for the job hasn't gone anywhere. Like, he still loves it. And he's found a way to balance mm. it where, you know, like, I think he can still do the things that a lot of 70-year-olds, 75-year-olds want to do in retirement and still be a a coach. You know what I mean? And still do all of that. And so – I, you know, I think wins and losses are a part of it. And, yeah, I mean, I think if a certain level of quarterback came along or if Mac Jones somehow got to that level now, I don't think most people would tell you that's in the cards. But if, like, he had another person at that – another quarterback at that level, I think it would certainly be something that would be tempting for him to stay because I do think that, like, he's gotten to a point, and I'm sure it's the same with Pop, where, like, all the things you want to do – you know, in your golden years, like in your 70s and your 80s, 
Like those guys have sort of figured out how to do that and do the job, you know? And so I think that that's like a little thing that like has made it so to go, made it so he could go from the guy who said, you won't find me out there like Marv Levy yeah. in my 70s coaching yeah. to now being that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's what allowed him to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think if he looks at it and says, I could win two championships in five years with the quarterback that I have, I certainly think that that would be something that might, that, that could entice him to stay. And, like, on paper, at least, looking forward at it now, like a Caleb Williams and Drake May would be that guy. Now, the problem is – you're going to need to be absolutely awful. To get yes. them. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't, like, like if they're that bad, does Robert Kraft keep them around? Yes. You know what I, I mean? wondered like, about that. Uh, go back to being a great dad there on vacation. I, I hope you can find your children. And, and I thank think, like, I, I think my, uh, I think my attention for son just like skidded by. For yeah. The last I saw time. him, I, but, there. but I got to find your daughter. I'm looking for her in the, uh, the picture there. Well, there are three of them. I think the, our middle may have uh, decided he didn't want to be on the camera today. So. Thank you, Albert. All right. Thanks, Dan. That's Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, and he is the Monday morning quarterback. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Embrace a new year with a new style of whiskey, Keeper's Heart Irish American Whiskey. Crafted by a legendary Irish distiller, a unique blend of smooth Irish whiskey, bold American whiskey that has garnered over 130 awards in just two short years. Whether crafting St. Patty's Day cocktails or finding the perfect gift for the occasions like Mother's Day, Keeper's Heart, perfect choice. Personalize a label for free on their website. Use the code DAN24 for $10 off your order at KeepersHeartWhiskey.com. Athletes everywhere turn to CBD for relief and recovery, but with all the products claiming to do different things, it's impossible to decide which is best. As one of few brands that oversees the entire production process, from their farm in Oregon to the product that arrives at your door, Lazarus Naturals keeps their ingredients simple and transparent. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results for your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Discover how CBD can help you reach your full potential as an athlete. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, the cleanest source of CBD for athletes and sports fans alike.